Hey, good morning. Good morning. How is everyone? Oh, well, it's good to see you. Thanks so much for coming to the right venue. Uh, my name's Jez, and uh, I'm going to be hosting the seminar stream in here. And I want to introduce my team, the team that are going to be with us for the week. Uh, so this is Elwin. Everyone say hi, Elwin. And Wendy. And where's Georgia? And that's Georgia. And uh, we're going to be leading things through this week. We've got some different speakers coming. But, um, yeah, also as part of our time together, the, the whole design, design of the room and the hope for this venue is that this, we want this to feel less like a lecture and more like uh, discussion uh, with back and forth from yourselves. So be thinking of questions and things that you might want to talk about specifically with the, the subjects that we're looking at. Uh, this week we're talking about the theme of identity. And um, it amused me that it, the, the title was Discover Who You Are, because that is such a, a modern way of thinking about it, isn't it? You are a precious snowflake. Come and discover the treasure that you are. Um, but we're looking at identity and different ways that your identity gets formed. As part of that, each day I want to invite you to stick around if you want prayer, if you fancy someone just prophesying over you, or if you'd like to talk to someone about decisions that you're making for your future, stick around after the morning's sessions, and there'll be people in that corner down there who are more than happy to pray with you and just talk with you about various things. Um, My role in life in New Day, as it goes, is that I run some training programs that New Frontiers or the churches that we're part of um, run or put together internships to help people grow in God. Some of them church-based, some of them not, just uh, helping people get stuck into God in different ways. So if you want to find out more about impact training or the various training programs, gap years that we run, do come and speak to me afterwards as well. Okay, now before we move on, um, we're going to do some we're going to do a nice question and answer thing. So this half of the room, you're going to be doing the answer. Uh, if you hold that for me. And this half of the room, you're going, to be, you're going to be asking the question. Because back in the day when they were trying to teach people who they were, 500 years ago, they invented a, a question and answer little booklet to help young people understand the Christian faith and understand who they are. So can I have two people at the front here? No, please don't look at me. Hi, could you come out here? Can I have you and... Um, yeah. No? No, okay, I won't look at you. You can sit. No, no, oh my goodness, you're scared of each other. Come on then, right. Hold this. If you hold the top one and you hold the second one. So if you face that half, the, we're going to learn and we're going to do this every day in this seminar stream. Each day we're going to be building on what we've done the day before. This is a question and an answer as a way of learning about who you are, learning more about God. It was written 500 years ago, as I said, to help teach some people about the Christian faith. The question is... What is your only comfort in life and death? There's lots of things we turn to to try to find comfort and security and hope. But the question is, what is your only true comfort in, ho- in life and death? And the answer, Elwin and Wendy, if you get some others to help you hold this up. Okay, come out the front here. So the answer is that I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So the question is, what is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer is that I belong, body and soul, in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you, this half, you're going to read the question out loud. And then this half, you're going to reply with the answer. And you guys in the middle can just listen. You, you get the best seats. You don't get put on the spot to do anything. Okay, you got it? So we'll start. This half over here. 
You ready? And go. And the answer? Okay, this is, that was terrible. You're going to have to ask the question loud enough that the people in that half can hear you ask it. And then you're going to have to answer the question loud enough that the people in that half can hear the answer. Because otherwise they can't hear the answer to their own question. Let's go again. Go. Like, which, we don't read that way. Okay, you go that end. Here we go. You sort with him. You sort with him. You sort with him. You sort with him. There we go. Okay, sorry. This is all just part of the introduction. Imagine how good it's going to get. Okay, we'll start again. Question, go. Okay, good. Now, you guys sort with you guys. So you're going to ask the question. You're going to answer it. Go, go, go. I know. Okay, you ready? Questioners, ask the question. Go. Answers. Have you got around the wrong way? All right, let's start again. Questioners, go. Okay, that would do. It didn't sound right, did it? No, it's because they got it around the wrong way, but never mind. Great, put the cards down. Well done. Give them a hand. Okay, wind. Hello. Right, you all got given a card when you came in. We are going to be using these a couple of times. And the first thing, we're going to be very not British. You're going to have to stand up and you have got 10 seconds to find at least two people with the same colour card as you. Okay, ready? Go! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine and a half. And ten, sit down with your new friends, new group of people. Say hi. Introduce yourself really quick. Okay, right, sit down where you are. These are your new friends. We're going to have a very quick discussion to start off with. So today we're going to be looking at habits. And what I'd like you to do in your groups, hopefully you don't know the people, so you can be as honest as you like, confess all. I'd like to, to have a quick chat What are some good habits you have? Some sort of just habits you know you do, but they're pretty neutral. And maybe if you're up for it, a bit of bad habits, okay? So in your group, what habits do you have? Two minutes, have a quick chat. What are your positive, negative, and your neutral habits? Off you go. Anyone feel brave enough? Anyone got a good positive habit they want to shout out? What, What is it? Having a shower, excellent habit. Don't like smelly people, big phobia of mine. Okay, another positive habit. Yeah. Going to the gym, working out, keeping your body healthy, fit, nice like that. Any other positive habits? Someone from over here. Optimism, love it. Love being optimistic. Um, Okay, what about neutral? Uh, Have we got, hang on. 
Have we got any secret nose pickers? You know, like you're in the car, you've got the glass there, so you think no one sees just a little bit. I just need to get out. Anyone pick their nose? It's a neutral habit. It's got to be done, but it's a bit disgusting. Anyone else got a neutral habit? Anything? Like that just, yeah, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just what I do. Yeah. foods yeah i think i do that one too i like foods okay what about negative habit anyone want to be brave enough to share something they go yeah that is not good for me yeah being lazy we're going to come on to that one excellent one more yep addicted to your phone i reckon most people in here will say the same good okay so we've got lots of different habits when i was googling any ideas, the top seven most common habits that Google reckons there are? Anyone want to have a guess? Yep. Pardon? Swearing. Yep, swearing was one of them. Anyone else? Picking your nose was one of them. Would you believe it? Yeah. Um, nail biting, playing with hair, going um or like in a speech, snacking late at night. Love that one. Uh, avoiding eye contact, apparently. Skipping breakfast and cracking people's joints. Anyone do that one? I can't do it. Mine don't crack. <laughs> Few people. All right. <laughs> well, apparently, there's um, a website. Can't recommend it. Was tempted to do it for research. But you only, it's only $40. It's called Pavlock. And uh, they can break every habit. You, I don't know what they do. They give you something and it can break every habit. And their list was swearing, smoking, picking your nose, drinking coffee, wasting time online, alcohol, spending money, eating food and spent speaking with your mouth full. How does one thing stop all of that? So I don't know. Maybe you should try it next year. Feedback to me and Jez. Let us know how it went. But people are trying to break habits all the time. You read through online, there's non-stop pages of things trying to stop. And a habit is something that we regularly do. It's a habit that shapes our lives for better or for worse. And um, if you think about a Jeep down a big, old, muddy track, if you're going the same way every single day, those grooves get deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's how habits start. You start having a shower every morning. It's a good habit. And then you wake up, you know you have your shower and you're going down the same path. And if you're getting yourself good positive habits, that's good. You're getting yourself into a good routine. It's when we go bad habits, when we start doing things that don't help us with our walk with God, when they actually prevent us from doing good things with God, it's really hard to get off. We've got those grooves in the mud and we're going down and we can't steer off. If you've ever drove a car or been in a car and you're stuck in those grooves, to try and steer right or left is really hard. You might get a puncture, your wheel goes up, you're worried your car might tip over and it's really hard. And today that's what we want to talk about, different habits and which ones are good. So, who are you? Who are you? What makes you you? What is your identity? Your identity is something that is, is multifaceted. Um, it's made up of a number of different things. And this week we're going to be looking at some of those different things. The different parts of who you are, what makes you you, your perception of yourself um, is shaped in a number of different ways. Those different ways that you're shaped, I think it's helpful to think of them as being different elements or different ingredients that go into making you, you. 
You know, eggs and butter and flour on their own don't make a cake. But when you mix them together, what else do you put in there? An oven. You mix them together and you put it in an oven and it comes out as a cake. Now, you have an idea of who you are. Um, Some of you are able to articulate it. Often you just express it in terms of your name, maybe your role in life, uh, maybe just a label that someone's given you. But all of us have a perception of who we are. The question is, is it the right one? And is it the healthiest one? You know, there's one thing, there's one thing to make a cake out of, I don't know, um, like Tesco's every day or basics. There's another thing to make a cake out of the finest and purest ingredients you can. And we want you to think this week about who you are, why are you the way you are, what can you change about those things, what are some good ingredients you can put into your life to reform who you are and the way you think about yourself. Today, as Wendy said, we're talking about this. We're talking about you are what you repeatedly do. The Greek philosopher Aristotle said, uh, excellence is not an act, but a habit. You want to be excellent? You need to do something regularly over and over and over again. They say it takes 10,000 hours of doing anything to become an expert at it. And I'm sure there's many of us in the room who would say, I'd love to be an expert at something. Well, I could look at your life and tell you what you're going to be an expert at. By the time you're 60, you will be an expert at something, whether it's a positive thing or a a negative thing or a neutral thing, whether it's something that's going to help you achieve a dream or a goal that you might have now or not, is entirely up to you. It depends. At the age you are, you're still very um, malleable and formable. You're still putting a lot of habits. You're still trying to work out the world and work out who you are. And so I'll plead to you this week, today at least, is to think about the habits that you've got in your life and to consider what ones you uh, and what they're going to produce in you. So we want to ground everything that we're saying in the Bible. And if you have a Bible, you want to turn with me. I'm going to be reading from the New Testament book of Galatians, which is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church in modern day Turkey, the book of Galatians. So if you've got a Bible, come and turn there because we're going to be referring to that a few times. And I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 6. So the, the book of Galatians is written to a church that's essentially arguing about who's a proper Christian. And some people are saying they're a proper Christian because they were born Jewish. And they were born with the traditions of the Jewish people and the Old Testament Bible. And they understand the law of God and they've been behaving properly for a long time. They're proper Christians. And they've got Jesus and he's an add-on. And he's helped them become an even more proper religious person. And they're arguing with people who weren't born Jewish people, who didn't have the Old Testament, and they're saying, listen, to become a proper Christian, you need to keep a lot of the practices in the Old Testament. And you need to, uh, men, you need to get circumcised, and you need to make sure you keep the Sabbath, and you need to do this, this, and this, and then Jesus will help you. So that's who it's written to. There's people who are arguing what makes a proper Christian. And the whole letter is about, no, what makes you a proper Christian is someone who has faith in Christ. Faith in Jesus is what sets you free and what gives you forgiveness. But in Galatians 6, towards the end of the letter, this is what he says. Galatians 6, verse 7. In fact, if someone got it that can read it for us, you have down there. Hello. Can you read for me 7 to 10? Uh, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from, the, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who says to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
Great, thank you. Do not be deceived, Paul says. God cannot be mocked. A man or a woman reaps what they sow. If you put an apple seed into the ground, you get an apple tree. It's no surprise. In your life, the habits that you sow, the things that you put into the ground, will reap something in your life. And actually, in the, in the Bible, so much of it is written to a, a society and a culture that is agrarian and used to the rhythms of farming. They understand this a lot more than we do. For us, we find it quite amazing. I mean, I do. I recently planted some seeds in the ground, and I produced a plant that gives me food. And I'm going around telling everybody, I've got tomatoes. These things are like magic. The ground is like magical things. And I was talking to another friend who's, who's done the same. He's grown chilies. And he was telling me how excited he is that he's got an eternal supply of chilies now. Now, for us in the developed West, we are quite surprised by that, particularly if you live in a city. You're like, look at this plant. It's just naturally comes out of the ground, water and light and just it's magic. But for the Bible, they live in the rhythms of that world. And the Apostle Paul takes the rhythms of that world and applies it to your life. If you sow a thought, if you think about something over and over and over again, you will reap a behavior, an act. You'll eventually act on that thought, the thing that you've been thinking about or daydreaming about. We know this to be true with with things that aren't necessarily good for us, but we find them to be addictive. We think about, we obsess about, we, 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 we mull over in our minds long enough that it turns into an act. We often stop there, but the truth is you sow an act for long enough and you'll reap a character a type of person the way that you are and if you sow that character if you just allow yourself to be that person for long enough you'll reap eventually a destiny c.s lewis the narnia writer he says talking about hell but applicable to this he says hell begins with a grumbling mood always complaining always blaming others but you are still distinct from that mood, that grump. You know what it feels like when you, you're moody and you're grumpy, but you're aware that that grump isn't you, it's just how you're feeling. And sometimes you tell yourself, I'll write today off, today's been a bad day, but we'll start again tomorrow. Where hell begins, he says, with just a grumpy mood that never goes away. You may criticize that mood in yourself, he says, and you wish you could stop it. But there may come a day when you can no longer recognize it. There will be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it. There'll just be the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. He pictures hell as being a place that's essentially like a grumbly mood. An act. You sowed a thought of godlessness. You sowed a thought of godlessness. I don't want to bow to God. I don't want to submit to him. You sow that long enough, eventually there's no you left to to critique it and recognize it. Let's look at some Proverbs together. In the, in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, he pictures people's behavior as producing and being uh, a different type, of, uh, producing a different type of person. So there's conversations about the sluggard or the lazy person. And they're quite amusing to read out or to consider what this person's like. In Proverbs 26 verse 14, it says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard or the lazy turns on his bed. The image, the picture is of a door creaking. 
He says, just as that, a door does that, that's what a lazy person's like in their bed. They just roll over to the next. Or in Proverbs 19, verse 24, it says this. The sluggard or the lazy person buries his hand in a dish, but he'll not even bring it up to his mouth. He's picturing someone at the cinema, isn't he? You bury your hand in the popcorn, you just throw it in the vicinity of your mouth and hope it goes in. That's what lazy people are like. It's their destiny. It's what it produces. The diligent that he compares them to. The disciplined person, on the other hand, the book of Proverbs says, the disciplined person gains wealth, authority. They have their soul satisfied. Eventually they go on to find God. That's what it says about the diligent person in the book of Proverbs. Now purely from a a psychological or chemical point of view, when you repeatedly do a behavior, every time you do it or every time you do something, you strengthen the neural pathways between the you and the, the act of doing it. So the, the more you do something, the easier it becomes. The more you learn, the more you play the piano, the easier it becomes to play the piano because the neural pathways in your brain are getting strengthened. And when you do something that brings you some level of reward, you get a hit of dopamine, which is the natural high in the world. It's the reason that we love the things that we love, because when you do things that you enjoy, you get a hit of dopamine. Over time of doing the same thing over and over again, the reward of dopamine gets given to you just as you think about the act of doing something. And so you get drawn to doing something because you anticipate the dopamine and you get a small hit of dopamine, the natural high. You get a small hit of a natural high just by thinking about doing something, thinking about watching that thing on TV or on the internet or, or eating that thing or visiting that person or, or going to that place. You get a reward just from thinking about it. And the more we do something, the stronger the links get for us in our brains the harder it is to undo the things that we do. You think of a strand, a single strand of cotton can be snapped very easily. But the fabric, the clothes that you're wearing can't be broken, can't be snapped very easily. Well, they're just multiple strands of fabric woven together to produce something strong. Now, just as one strand is unimpressive, many many can be indestructible. So one behavior... One act doesn't define who you are, but multiple acts ends up shaping large aspects of your personality and your character. In our life, there are seasons where, like in the natural cycle of life, there's a spring where things come to life and there's a winter where things die. So it is in our life. There are seasons of life and growth when God breathes on something in your life. And in those seasons, you can put things into your life. New Day is a season of spring where you can make decisions this week to change a behavior or to start doing something differently, and it can produce a habit in you that goes on to reap life, reap something good for you, reap a good destiny. Wendy. Okay, right. Going to stand up. This time I'd like you to find a group of four, all different colors. Okay, 10 seconds, go find a new group. 10, 9... Eight, seven, six, five, four. Two, and one. Whoever you're with, sit down, say hi, make yourself friendly.
you haven't got a group, just sit down and find someone. <laughs> Say, hey. <laughs> okay. In your groups, what I'd like you to have a think then is the first person, think about Jesus, what you know about Jesus, and I want you to have a discussion. What are the habits that Jesus does that should be something that makes us think, yeah, I need to do that as well. So thinking about the life of Jesus, what good habits does Jesus offer us in the Bible, okay? So five minutes in your groups, off you go. Okay, in your groups, the next person I'd like you to discuss is the person Paul. He's wrote a lot of books in the New Testament. He's got a lot of wisdom, like in the book of Galatians that we just heard about and many others. So what good habits can we learn from the life of Paul? Off you go. And the last one I'd like you to chat about is what good habits do churches do? So it might not be your church. It might be your church. It might be traditional churches. Where can you see through all the ages of church history good habits that maybe your church is lacking? Maybe they're really good at, but I like, have a chat. What good habits can you see and where does church really help with that? Okay, go. So hopefully in your groups, you've got an idea of some good habits Anybody want to shout out some that Jesus portrayed, like shows us? What's some good habits we can learn from Jesus? Pardon? To be loving. Good. Jesus is love. To be loving. Love it. He shows us how to love people. Yep. Nice. Honesty. Yeah, really good. So he's always honest. I think that's quite a good characteristic to learn from anyone else. Yep. Not being tempted by the flesh. Yes. Love that one. That's hard to do sometimes, though, isn't it? Anyone else at the back there? Compassion. Yep. For other people, for the lost, for the broken. Yep. Selfless. Yeah. So Jesus is a really good model of good habits that we should all aim to strive for. One I really thought I liked about Jesus was he knew he needed to be alone. Like there's somebody who is surrounded by people the whole time, wanting healing, wanting to be saved, wanting to know the word, wanting to be taught. And he knew the importance of being secluded, about getting himself away from the noise and just being alone with the Father. And I know like today, I don't know how any of you do it. I'm really rubbish on my phone, but I know like you guys probably live on your phones. There's like beeping nonstop. You've got to keep your streaks up. You've got to keep your love hearts up. You've got to light. You've got to do this. You can't not know what's going on on Love Island. And suddenly, life is just busy. And Jesus knew that. He didn't have a phone, but he had people constantly bombarding him with stuff. And he knew the importance of stepping away and having that quiet time. I think that's really good. What about Paul? Anyone got any good ideas about Paul? Yeah. Loyal, yes, he's very loyal, yep. Lovely, encouraging, all his books are so encouraging, pushing through, telling people to love Jesus. What I like about Jesus, uh, Jesus, what I like about Paul is how brave he is. He probably was an outcast, he probably got, you know, like, 
people probably just thought, who is this man? But he shamelessly, tiringly, because every day went out and wanted people to know about Jesus, wanted to share the good news, didn't care what other people thought, didn't care that he got persecuted and put in jail and attacked and spat out and all the other stuff. All he knew is that he was there to share the good news with other people. And how easy is it for all of us to get so bothered about what we look like? How, how oh my gosh, if I do that, like, what's people going to think of me? And we can get so bound up by that that we miss what Jesus has called us to do. Um, so that's really good. What about church? Does church give us any good habits? Or dream church give us any good habits that we should be doing? Anyone? <laughs> it's quiet, yeah. Serving, lovely, good. Yeah, so serving one another. It's not in the world where it's all dog eat dog and Miss Independent, Mr. Independent. Suddenly you get to church and we're all hands on deck. We've all got to serve each other. We've all got to stick in. I like that. Yep. Yeah, accepting. So even looking around the room, these people might not be people you think, oh, they look really fun. I want to hang out with them. Christians are a real mix. We all love one another. We all want to get involved with a family. I like that. Good. Anyone? One more? Anyone? Praying, does someone say? Prayer. Good. Yeah. I think it teaches us to pray, to fix our eyes on Jesus. If you're breaking bread, you're remembering the cross. You're remembering what Jesus has done for you. And it's really good to walk with people like that. So the last discussion I'd like you to have a think about, Jez talked about Proverbs, about the sluggard. The Someone mentioned it's a bad habit, laziness. On a scale, so laziness being this side and being uber-religious and diligent this side, where are you on the scale? How disciplined are you in your life with your good habits, okay? So one minute, discuss, where are you on the scale? Go. If you know you are the laziest person in the room, in a minute you're going to put one finger up. If you are the most diligent, you're going to put 10, and we're going to have a rate of score from 1 to 10, okay? So after three... Everyone with your hands in the air, how do you rate yourself on the sluggard diligentness? Ready? One, two. We're all at New Day. We all want to get closer to Jesus. We want to realign ourselves and sort our habits out. And we need to first and foremost look at our character. We need to think through what aspects of our character could we develop. Now, we're all works in progress. We've all got things we've got wrong and things we do bad that we need to improve. And we're not going to go home from New Day and be angels or saints and perfect, okay? But we've got to work at these things. And like habits take time to change. So some people got paper in front of you. Some of you haven't. I'll read them out. But think through this list. And I've really been praying as I was preparing this that every single one of you here feel really challenged about one area. I don't want you going home thinking, oh, I've got so much to change. But maybe God today is going to put one thing on your heart. So it might be compassionate maybe like someone said earlier jesus had such compassion okay maybe you don't care about people maybe it's all about i i i and you're not bothered about people you don't want to talk to anyone else maybe that's something a habit that god wants to break into you today maybe it's thankfulness we heard earlier another good positive one was optimistic thankfulness my gosh i'm a teacher in a school and the amount of well-being training i've had and it's all about like to break depression to break people feeling low we've got to be positive we've got to be uplifting we've got to see the good in everything that's so biblical so maybe you are sitting here today thinking i am so not thankful i never say thank you to anyone let alone jesus and maybe that's something god wants to put on your heart maybe it's being generous 
As I prepared this, I really felt in my heart there's some people in here that God wants to break your love of money. That actually, you don't give much to God. You don't give much to anyone. It's your money. You've got it. I want it all. And actually, God wants to break that. God wants to break your heart so you are generous this morning. Encouraging, kind, dependable, creative, punctual. Maybe you use your tongue for bad things. In James, it talks about the tongue being used for good and for bad. And actually, our tongue, when we use it for gossip, when we mictake, when we wind people up, when we use it to put people down, because we want the power, we want to look better. So if I just make that person feel rubbish, then that makes me feel better. We all do that. And maybe God today is really challenging you on that. So last discussion in your groups. I want you to have a look through that list, have a think through. What are you going to say? Even the people you don't know, maybe say, this week I really feel the habit I'm going to try and break, the one I'm going to get Jesus to work in me the most is this. Okay, so three minutes, off we go. So the list was compassionate, thankful, generous, encouraging, kind, dependable, creative, and punctual. Okay. Right, so what we didn't want to do this morning is we didn't want to do a help, a self-help type of seminar, okay? You hear this everywhere. If you go online, you go to school, you go to college, everyone's telling you, you know, be yourself, you can do this, you can fix this, you can do that. And actually, as Christians, we've got to come to a place where we're broken, that we get to a place that we're on our knees and saying, Jesus, I can't do this without you. Like Jez was just saying about the song, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. It all sounds like a great... Like, showman? That's a Showman. I don't know. Um, it, it sounds like a great song, doesn't it? This is me. Oh, I can't sing. Um, but like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's all about like, I'm going to accept who I am. I've I'm got a beard and I'm a woman and it's fine. This is who I am. Actually, we need to get to a place where we're not okay. That we get to a place where we realize without Jesus, we were destined for darkness. We were going in the wrong direction. And we cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. We are absolutely completely destroyed and broken without Jesus. And we've got to get to a place where we are on our knees absolutely saying, Jesus, we need you. Because without that, this is just a help, a self-help guide. And you're going to be trying and you're going to be trying and you're going to be trying. I'm going to really try and love this person, but I really hate them. I'm going to really try and love this person, but I still hate them. I'm going to really try and love this person, but I really hate them. You're never going to love that person until you understand how much Jesus loves that person. As soon as you get that Jesus loves the people you hate, the people that frustrate you like mad around you, that is the only way you're going to love them. If you aren't thankful, you need to read the Bible. You need to understand the gospel. You need to know that Jesus, absolutely loves you that he died for you that he's rescued you and as soon as you grasp that as soon as you get an inch of that you're going to be so thankful that you're going to just be pouring out thanks left right and center okay so we've got good habits if you, people say to you as a christian what's a good habit you'd be like i'll read my bible and pray but how often do we get there and we go 
actually, I'm going to read my Bible. How many people have started Bible in a year and by maybe the 3rd of January, we've got behind and we haven't done it and you feel like a failure and you just think, oh, um, how many times have we read amazing books about prayer? And you think, yes, I'm going to be just like Jackie Pullinger. I'm going to pray for this many to hours a day. and I'm going to see all these people saved and this doesn't happen because we get slack, we get lazy, we start falling into bad habits, the telly becomes our priority, hanging out with friends, which is good, becomes a priority, anything other than reading my Bible becomes a priority. If I've said to someone, I'm going home to read my Bible, if you came around my house, it would be so clean. It's the only time I clean my house. It's when I'm trying to procrastinate. I know I need to read my Bible. I'm feeling rubbish and I spend my time hoovering because that looks more fun than reading the Bible. And then you read it and then boom, you're suddenly like, oh, should have read this ages ago. What's wrong with me? So we need to try and transform ourselves, but not through a self-help guide, not through, well, I'm going to try and do this and this. We need the Holy Spirit to be working in us and we need to understand who Jesus is. Jesus died to undo all the works of Satan. He took all our sins away. He removed all the barriers that existed between us and God. In Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians, we are new creations. We live in a restoration. That's hope. So whatever you're going through, whether your whole life is a complete shambles, marriage breakups, just break up with friends, messy relationships, everything around you sucks. You've, only, you've got that hope that Jesus will never leave you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Those truths keep you going. Today we heard in the 15 to 19th tent about a woman who had cancer and how she went miles away from God because she didn't know who she was. You know what I mean? She had a rut. I mean, that's a horrible situation. And what would what been the outcome of her life? How much quicker, how much hope would she have had in that situation if she knew who she was, if she knew that truth and clung to it, even as her whole health and her whole life has fallen apart? We need to build in good habits to get addicted to this truth because this is the truth that sets us free. We're surrounded by people who give us bad habits, who lead us in the wrong directions, who make us think this is what happiness is. And we get there and we realize it's not there and we still feel mess. We need to put truth inside of us. So in Galatians, what Jez was talking about, six and five, we're talking about faith in Christ sets us free. Actually, it isn't about you trying to do something. You need to know the truth. And the truth is that Jesus loves you, that he died for you, that he set you free. Once you get that, then we start breaking these habits. So some of you, well, we've all got a card and you've all got a different Bible verse. And we're going to look at that in a minute. But basically, we want to get you some good habits in place. Now, it might be that I've got post-its all around my mirror. And in the morning, I feel rough. I wake up. I've had a bad night. I get to my mirror and I proclaim truth. And I am walking out my house like I am on cloud nine, like I'm going to smash this day. Otherwise, I'd walk out mopey, tired, fed up, and then someone does something to me and I'll be really frustrated. We need to choose to start our day as well. And it might be, you might be a podcast person. Download podcasts. Get yourself surrounded by truth. Don't leave it to hope you to Sundays where it might be an okay preach. Like, fill yourself with truth. Make sure you are surrounded by God's word because that's the only way that you're going to start planting these good habits. Um, so finally do not decide that 
what you believe or you are is how you feel. If I woke up and acted the way I felt some mornings, I would be a completely different person. And I've gone on a journey myself working that through. I've had to go through all sorts of things where I've died to myself, where I've said, no, I don't care about this anymore. I've got to give this to you, God. And when I've done that, I've chosen to believe that I am in, char- in Christ. I am chosen. I am accepted. I am loved. I'm part of God's family. And sometimes I don't feel like that. Sometimes I've been kicked to the curb and I feel like absolute rubbish. And I just feel like nobody knows who I am. And I am an unknown and I'm just going to hide in the corner and feel rubbish. But I have to go back to my Bible and say, do you know what? I feel like this, but I'm going to choose to believe that I'm in Christ, that I am a new creation, that no matter what my friends tell me, no matter what my boss tells me, no matter what my teachers tell me, no matter what people are shoving into me, I've got to stand firm and know who I am in Christ. And that is powerful because actually the world comes around and tells you to be fearful, tells you that you're insecure, be anxious, be depressed, there's nothing worth living for, you've got no hope, why are you sitting there looking like that you know you're ugly you're this you're that and actually Jesus comes and he goes boom he says no you're accepted you're secure and you're significant whatever else you're putting your security in and your significance and your acceptance in will never ever ever satisfy only Jesus will satisfy and we need to get that and the only way we're going to believe this truth and know this truth is if we read it so get yourself surrounded by as many bits as possible so finally be honest with God someone mentioned honesty earlier God knows every hair on your head he created you he knows you don't hide from God when you make mistakes come out say it say sorry move on don't hold back and back away from God it's not good Confess your mistakes, your sins regularly. If you are holding on to things you do wrong, if you do something bad today and you don't tell God and you hold it, it says in the Bible that you're making a foothold. And if you imagine yourself like a shiny building, like the shard or something, like if you imagine the enemy trying to climb, he can't climb. It's just sliding down you. He's got no chance getting in. But if you give the enemy a foothold, he's there. And once he's there, he's going to start whispering other things. And then he's going to have another foothold. And then he's going to have another foothold. Don't let it happen. You're not in a battle. The battle is won. Jesus is victorious. Just get rid of it. Confess your sins. Don't be fooled by sunny days. I've done this many times. Sun's shining. Everything's good. Everyone loves me. I'm great. And then smash. Have a rubbish day because something comes out of the blue and I was not ready. I did not have my armor on. I was not aware there's a war going on. Make sure you're ready with your armor on. This one was really big. Stop making excuses. I had my second child. I was proper tired and I made all these excuses like I can't, I haven't got any time to pray, can't read my Bible, really struggling. And this lady came and preached at our church and she basically just smashed me in the face and told me, if I don't read your Bible, how are you going to be a good mum? How are you got anything to give to anyone? You've got nothing. I was like, oh my gosh. She's like, you find a way. If you need to download a speaking Bible app so you listen to it when you're driving to work, you do that. If you need to listen to a podcast so you go to bed listening to truth, you do that. But you are not too busy because if you're too busy, you are going to be a waste and a rubbish for anyone to listen to. I was like, Oh, okay. So don't make excuses. Don't say, well, I've got all this. I've got all my uni work or I've got this GCSE. You're always going to be busy. Like we live in a busy world, but God's got to be number one. 
Make sure you have people around you to challenge you, sharpen you, to be accountable. Like we need people to be, when we're like in sin and we're like, yeah, I'm doing this really good. Yeah, I'm really well. We need someone to take the blinders off and say, actually, look where you've gone. Jesus is over there. And we need to be people who are challenging and sharpening each other. And finally, plaster your walls, your bones, your bite everywhere with lists, with truths, post-it notes, use media. Like some people have prayer beads, you know what I mean? Like some people have, um, some of my friends have bands and stuff and every time they feel it pinch their skin, it reminds them to pray, it reminds them to say a truth. Like whatever works for you, find a good habit this week that you're going to try and commit to because we want you to go on further with God. Amazing. I just feel so challenged this morning with all this stuff coming through. We were saying in our group that actually there's so much more that we can learn. Um, and as I was kind of listening this morning, I was praying, I just really felt that for, for some of you guys in here that um, sometimes we change our habits and our behavior depending on who we're around, whether that's in our, our college friends, whether that's people that we've grown up with. And actually, I, this verse that I was handed to, it says, I recognize that there's only one true and living God. He is worthy of all honor, praise and glory. And actually, our behavior, it's not about our friends. As Wendy said, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And how we act and the way we think has got to honor our God. And I'd love just to give a moment of just, of silence, to just process. There's been a lot going on this morning. And I'm going to pray for us. Why don't you, I don't know how you best kind of focus, but maybe close your eyes. And just have a moment just to think, actually, what's God been saying to me this morning? What's challenged me? Just stay in that place of, of that, that good habit, that thing you're going to focus on. I'm going to pray for us. God, I thank you that you are amazing. God, I thank you that you are worthy of it all, all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. God, I thank you that uh, you love us no matter what, God. Lord, I thank you you love us when we mess up. God, I thank you when we love it when we're at our best, when we're at our worst, God. I thank you for what's been coming through this morning, God. I pray, would you just challenge us this morning, God? Would you encourage us to, to, to help us step out in one of these areas, God? I pray you'd give us boldness and, and courage and confidence to go forward, Lord. I pray you'd put amazing people around us to, to help us with this. God, I pray you would shape us, you would mold us, you would help us, and you would love us through it all. Thank you that you are so, so good. I pray that we would hold on to the truth, the word of God's. Lord, I pray that we would fix our eyes on you and look to that truth daily. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And just for a moment, you've got given your um, Bible verses. So in your groups, just discuss, look, read this truth. Read, don't just kind of look at it or glaze over it, but read it. And go, actually, this is truth, and this is what I need to live with. So have a few minutes to discuss, and then we're going to close.